Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be, host of the More to Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So excited about today's episode. We have a special guest with us today, and she has become a friend through some writing circles. Her name is Jessica Smart, and she is uh, just a sincere, authentic woman who I've gotten to know through what you all know as my favorite app, Voxer. Uh, We get to chat back and forth, and Jessica has children that she's going to tell us about, and she has an interesting journey that she's going to share with us. So welcome, Jessica. We are so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family. Like what is, and what fills your time? So I have three kids. I'm married to my husband, Todd. We met in college and um, my kids are nine, seven, and four. Um, I homeschool them. So right now we've just kind of gotten back in the groove of school. So the, the bulk of the day is spent with them homeschooling and then kind of at night, um, or intermittently on weekends, I, I blog at smartereachday.com, um, smarter as two T's because my last name Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, working on a book that will come out in March, which I'm super excited about. And between those two things, that is all my time. <laughs> oh, you're completely filled to the brim. Yes, that is it. No, I, I need to be better at, at exercising. But the other day I was just thinking like, when, where am I even going to fit that in? I don't even know. So right, right, right. Not, yeah. And with so homeschooling, you find yourself sitting probably a lot with kids to be able to do the schoolwork with them. Right, exactly. I mean, I feel like I'm getting a lot of like running upstairs to get laundry basket kind of workouts, but I don't know that that's doing much. (laughs) No, no, no. It does make a difference because as soon as I started working full time, writing, coaching and and being like literally at a desk all day, uh, I I call it the great expansion project of my backside began at that point. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And it goes wider when I'm like, in the book writing stage and, and even wider when I'm in the launch stage. <laughs> so well, I just have to watch out for that. <laughs> yeah. You need to watch out for it. The amount of hours sitting. I have a good friend, actually, Angela, she was the co-host of the podcast last season. She got a standing desk and she watched the weight yes. like drop when she oh, shifted wow. to the standing desk. So when I'm teaching the online courses, I, I try to stand just otherwise I could make it to about, oh, three or four o'clock in the afternoon and have gone like 400 steps. Like it's really yeah. bad. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the chase adds up to something. And what type of uh, <laughs> homeschool curriculum are you using? We use a mix. When we started, we used Sunlight, which is the kind mm-hmm. of box curriculum. And I'm so grateful we did that in the beginning because um, just, you know, it lays out this is what you do every single day. And then I kind of um, branched off. I still do a lot of what they kind of recommend. We do reading, read alouds, you know, and kind of follow what they're doing. And then we use Saxon Math. We do um, 
go to a co-op. We do classical conversations, which I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure is nationwide yeah. um, on Fridays. And then we use apology as science, which my kids have been loving because it's like animal based um, for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, then story of the world. So, you know, we, they do their math. We also have an online grammar which has been really amazing because I've realized what a blessing it is that they can like sit and learn from someone else for 30 minutes. I mean, I love homeschooling them, but I'm always like, yay, surely go sit down and watch that. (laughs) So, so yeah, we sort of have a mix, but, um, it's changed. And every year I I feel like I'm kind of open-handed with, you know, is this, is this working? What part of it's not working? Does, you know, is school a good option? And so far, you know, this is, I think this has been good for our family, but definitely does have its challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked because I homeschooled Leah when she was in sixth grade and you just described our entire curriculum, like every component. Yes. It's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I never about. do that. Yeah. Only, so funny. I only did it for one year. I kind of mentioned it here and there. So it's probably worth mentioning again for our listeners. Like when Leah was in like second, third, fourth grade, well, from kindergarten on, she was pretty much teased for being too sensitive and too smart. And mm-hmm. you really was struggling with an identity crisis by the time she was in fifth grade. I mean, right. easy, easy identity crisis. Um, and from that place, she um, she just really, like, the, like what you were saying, the open-handedness, I, I just kept on saying, Lord, what is it that we're supposed to do for her? Like, how, how mm-hmm. do we serve her in this? And she... Um, had kind of a crisis of faith when she was in fourth grade and said, I don't, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. was like basically her mindset. It was between, maybe it was fifth grade. Actually, it was fifth grade. Uh, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. And we said to her, well, you live in our house. And, and so you're going to have to follow our family rules. You don't have to support them. You don't have to agree with them. Our rules are influenced by what we think God wants us to do and what his word has to say. So you don't have to agree with God and his word, but you're going to have to live under our roof the way we say to live. And I offered in that breath, like she was kind of shocked. Like I basically told her she could quit being a Christian. (laughs) And, Mm. and she looked at me like, really? I didn't even know I had an option. And after that moment, I was like, what did I just do? I thought it was (laughs) a disaster move. And then I offered to mentor her and she said, no. And I was felt totally rejected. Um, and the next day she came home, she got off the bus and she said, no, mom, I actually want you to mentor me. And we started meeting like weekly going through what I thought was going to be like a six week Bible study, but it turned out she just wanted to talk and mm-hmm. ended up giving her kind of this undivided attention. And as that fall went into the spring, uh, started seeing some needs for our other kids, and we made the decision to start the twins in a different school for kindergarten. Abby was in a, a place that needed some transition, so she we moved her to the same school as the twins, but Leah would have had only one year left before going into uh, right. the school where my husband was teaching, seventh grade. So we said, do you want to be homeschooled? And to this day, she says it's the best year of her life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did so, you think about going further or the next stage was a good one? So you weren't worried? Well, there was an expectation because my husband teaches that the yeah. kid had to go to the school that he taught at, which started in seventh grade. And that was her life dream anyways. I mean, 
it was really just for a year. So I treated it twofold. I treated it like a sabbatical year for her socially. Like it was a chance for her to just regroup and find her identity uh, Mm -hmm. for herself. And it was a year to teach her everything I wanted her to know before she grew up. Because once I knew she started junior high and high school, I wouldn't have her again. And Mm -hmm. so we did like cooking and hospitality and, um, you know, household chores. She planned the whole Thanksgiving dinner and the budget and the food. I love that. That's stuff that I wish I, those are the reasons that I wanted to homeschool. And sometimes I look back and think, I I need to remember that and do more of those things. (laughs) Yeah. I basically made it like a subject. We called it the Titus II subject and Mm -hmm. it was blocked into our schedule every week. And it was, it was the best. It was the best year. I'm so sorry I didn't do it with the other kids. And, and, mm-hmm. and part of the reason was where I was at wasn't necessarily a great fit for that with needing to contribute to our family financially. Um, and then the other side of that was the kids, the other kids were in good places at that right. time frame to say, ah, this wouldn't be the best thing to pull them out. But if the need arises for the twins in the future, I'd be the first one to say, okay, this is your year to get homeschooled. And I love that. That's kind of one thing I always wish I could say, like, I, 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 I wish that parents more often would realize that it is an option and that it's not a, you know, if you sign up to homeschool, you're going to do kindergarten through 12th grade mm-hmm. and either you are a good fit for it or you're not. Like, I love about your story that you realized right then it was a good option and you made it work and it was a positive experience. And, you know, I think a lot more families could and maybe should do that just even as a temporarily, you know, hold, just yeah. pull them out, regroup, kind of get our bearings. Um, and I'm just a big believer that a lot more people can do it than say they can or think that they can, because yeah. I feel like I'm always like, y'all, if I can do this, <laughs> trust me, I'm not super patient. I'm, I mean, everybody has skills that are tailored towards it and aren't. Yep. And I have my things that I have to work through, you know, just like anyone else would. So yeah. anyway, but that's cool. I did not know that. I know a little segue. Cause that wasn't even what we're going to talk about today. Isn't that funny? No, but you got yeah. a little history in Elise's homeschooling I adventure. Know. Yeah. Super advocate. And I was one of those moms uh, who said, like I, Leah was only three months old when my, one of my dear friends, uh, had her son and she knew from before conception, she was homeschooling all of her children. And she did. Yeah. I mean, her son was just finished high school and is off at college and she's homeschooled them all. And I was like, I will never, ever, ever, ever homeschool. <laughs> and yes. you know, they say, don't tell God what you'll never do. Cause it will be your yep. next assignment. And that basically is what happened. That's so, so funny. So one of the the topics that we want to cover today is your struggle with anxiety, right? And so uh, we're going to dive into the scriptures as we normally do on our episodes. So if you're all listening, you're ready to open your Bibles, go to Romans 8. We're going to go into Romans 8, but I'd love for you, Jessica, to give us kind of your backstory of faith and how that struggle of anxiety began maybe and where you're at with it today and, and just kind of put it out there. Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to, I never pictured myself as like the poster child for (laughs) anxiety struggles and faith. And, um, but at the same time, it's been such a gift because, um, there was a moment and this is just an isolated part of the story, but probably like the worst 
part of it all, like the lowest point of all the lows, um, was about six years ago. And I had a little baby, my son at the time. And, um, I just remember sitting in my bathroom sobbing, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have names and words for it at the time to know you're struggling with anxiety with a touch of depression, you know, and you'll be all right. You just need blah, blah, blah. But at the time it just feels like you're a mess and you're falling apart and everyone else has it together. And, um, the reason that particular day was a turning point was because I had called my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of, you know, I often vent to her and she, we, you know, she is very supportive, but she just kind of had enough and she, she's really like the most supportive person ever. And so mm-hmm. to have her kind of like lose it a little bit and just say, basically, she just was like something along the lines of, I don't even know how to help anymore. You have a wonderful life. You know, you're just, you're stuck. I don't even know what to say. And mm-hmm. I don't think she hung up on me, but the equivalent and she had, you know, called later to apologize and say, I, you know, I don't know what happened, whatever, but for something about that, just to hear my mom who had mm-hmm. always been very understanding and walk with me to hear her kind of just be like, there's a problem here. And I don't even know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. I got desperate enough at that point to seek medical attention, which I had mm-hmm. always avoided because I just thought. I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't want to be one of those people. Is it wrong? God can help, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But at that particular time, you know, kind of why I wanted to highlight that in talking to you is I remember sitting on that bathroom floor crying. My kids are up taking their naps and I'm just like, what is the point of this, God? Like, what are you even doing here? This mm. is, I feel like I'm no good to anyone. You know, I can't be the mom I want to be. Even my mom is disappointed in me. Like, what in the world are you even doing? And what has been such a gift is to fast forward and through blogs that I have shared or, you know, just informally sharing my story time after time after time, seeing that the Lord has used what I have gone through to help others. And, um, so I am proud, you know, of that part, even though it is, it does have a tinge of shame, you know, it's just like the Lord, the years, what's that verse? You'll know it better than I will, but the years that the locusts oh, have yeah. eaten the Lord. Yeah. I just read that. I day. can't remember the end of it now, but yeah. And God um, will redeem has, the years the locusts yes. have eaten. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, that has been true of my story. And so every hurdle and little mountain you've been through, I feel like you learn a little bit more and you trust a little bit more. And so I do know now, you know, a little better that, that the Lord will use those hard times in our lives. And, you know, to those people who are listening, whether it's anxiety or a different name of a struggle, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that, that those promises are true, that just like at the cross, when something was so horrible and so awful and he used it for the best thing ever, our salvation. He does that microcosm way, you know, with our stories. Like my mouth is like on the floor because I've, I've been your mom. Like those exact words with the exact phone call afterwards. And, and you feel helpless when you're, when you're looking at somebody who has anxiety and we, we're in the same situation. Leah and I were in the same situation of, we didn't have a diagnosis. We didn't have a label. We didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Leah, it really started. I think if we go all the way back, we could remember a moment in ninth grade when it started. Mm-hmm. And I had worked with teenagers for how many years up until that point, probably 15 or 18 years and, and knew 
what a panic attack looked like, but couldn't see through the lens of my motherhood that my own daughter was having a panic attack. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. You're just so close. The forest for the trees. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, uh, it's, I'm glad, I'm glad we get to show both sides of this. Like, that's just a God thing because that is cool. That is your, your mom's reaction and then your response. Mm -hmm. But you know, she probably had a lot of those moments or felt like she did that nothing came of it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it is hard to deal with somebody who's dealing with something in the mind. I've always said that's just the hardest thing because nobody gets it. You know, you break your leg, you get cancer, like I mean, those are difficult things, but in a way, people can get it. It has a name and a face that we understand. And when you're struggling with something inside, it's not easy to articulate. I feel torn up inside. My my, you know, my heart is racing. I don't know why. I'm just worried. Like it doesn't even make sense, and no mm-hmm. one quite gets how serious it feels to you. Um, I've always said that's just that. I really, my heart goes out to people who struggle with depression or anxiety or or other, you know, mental, mental illnesses really. But, um, yeah, like, so my, my story, I, I guess I feel like I have a start moment too. And I, I've kind of unpacked that, you know, after the fact, it wasn't something at the time that felt like a trauma. Well, I did Mm -hmm. a little bit, but you know, I wouldn't have anticipated it would be like this, but, um, my mom is always like, you really weren't like a terribly anxious child. And a lot of my friends, you know, growing up were like, I don't remember this about you. But mm-hmm. when I was in college, um, I became engaged to a, um, well, we led Young Life together. So we were co-leaders and um, my body started telling me that it was not a good match. Like before my head knew my body, I would like get like his panic attacks. I didn't realize it, but mm-hmm. I was just kind of freaking out. And he, he was a very godly man, but I think personality wise, we basically are, you know, the complete opposite. And I'm very mm-hmm. grateful now that, that it did not work out. Um, but at the time I was like this little straight a never make a mistake, people pleaser, you know, everything, all my ducks are in a row. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm realizing I've made a, mistake here. Like I've said, I want to marry this guy. I've got honeymoon tickets booked in a new name. I've got a dress sitting in my closet, but this isn't supposed to be, this is not good. And so there was like this intense, yeah. Like mental conflict of, I want to do this, but I shouldn't do this. And I'm going to be happy, unhappy one way, unhappy the other way. And so Mm. it did something to my brain. Like it was a trauma that I feel like from that moment, and I'm just now, you know, this is me diagnosing myself and I have no degree, but I feel like I was like, I learned how to be anxious in that moment. My body learned how to react when there was a stressful thing. So later on it would happen with not as stressful thing, but my body didn't know that, you know? So, Mm. um, a little tangent, but you know, it's been such a journey and I don't feel like it's, um, it's very, uh, there's, I, I'm not sure what, what I'm trying to say, but there's a lot of different avenues that I have worked on. It is not only a spiritual issue. It is not only a physical issue. It is, you know, there's, it's not only a change your life issue. Like there's always a lot of different layers of it and avenues that you can work through. There is a very strong spiritual component. And that's the scripture that, you know, you mentioned Mm -hmm. that I really want to get into because at the core of it, 
I have had some battles with God over these things that I just am clinging to. And this scripture that we're about to unpack gets to the heart of that. But there's also a very physiological, mental aspect to it. Um, There's also just an aspect of like make, you know, uh, exercise and take the vitamins and make sure that you have like stress relieving, like prevention magazine kind of categories that yeah. I don't want to like be little, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of in that middle category of, uh, just that mental and I mentioned, you know, seeking medical help. Um, you know, take, I went to a doctor the day after my mom kind of had that, uh, sit down with me. And I remember him saying, cause at the time I had all these physical symptoms. I was pretty sure I was dying or had MS <sighs> or cancer or all of the, above. and he's like, you know, it's amazing when you start feeling better, you start feeling better. And so I began taking anxiety medicine and it saved my life. And even still, mm. like, I hate that I take it. I, you know, I don't love it. I think that there's certainly, I've learned how to not get myself to that point that I need that, um, on a certain level I have, but it saved my life, like flat out, it saved my life. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and then in recent years, um, I don't know if you have ever heard of EMDR. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. I have, but why don't you explain it? Because I'm not sure that everyone else has heard of it. Well, yeah, so it stands for eye movement rapid desensitization, and it sounds super like weird. And as yeah. soon as I heard about it, I was like, "No, no way, weirdo!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my one of the elders at my church and his wife, who are pretty straight laced, um, had had a lot of success with it in areas of trauma in her life before. And so he's a Christian counselor, and as I said, very like he's a conservative you know, in every area of his faith, you know? And so I really trusted him. And he said, you know, you might, you might look into that. And, um, over the last year, um, I I guess I just kind of got desperate enough. Things were just not, not working that, that normally would. And I thought, fine, what the heck, this thing sounds so weird and kooky. But, um, the basic premise is that you kind of think about a a trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. and while you're doing that, you're hearing beeps and seeing lights. And so it's kind of rewiring your brain that Mm -hmm. as previously you would think about, for example, a car accident. Um, and while you're thinking of it, your brain is normally following these channels one direction, but it can't because of the beeps and the flashes. And I'm totally slaughtering this. And if there's like some psychologist listening, (laughs) he's having a heart attack and he can write us in and clarify, but um, it just, there's something in your brain that I think it, it does effectively help. And so I've seen a little bit of growth in that. Um, and I feel like I should mention it, but, um, but the bottom, the bottom line at the core of it is that the Lord has taught me a lot about himself, Mm. um, and brought me to a, a, a deeper faith, um, through this struggle as he does with, with, all the things I think in our lives that are hard, yeah. Um, in His grace, so, I'm so that glad. was a long, a long story, but no, necessary, necessary. And I, I want to add to it before we dive into the scriptures. I think our culture, our evangelical culture, has been anti-medical help for anything mental because it should be taken right. care of I with prayer. You're right. I think it's changing. It's changing. And I, I, somebody really helped me understand this whole thing from, from that, a a changed perspective, 
years ago before I got myself into counseling. She said, God uses the body of Christ as part of his healing work. And so being able to say, I'm, I'm broken, which is like, this isn't working. I can't figure this out. And asking for help um, is absolutely consistent with the word of God to uh, when you're weak, you lean into the strength of those who are strong. And, you know, so some people might say, well, should you only go to a Christian doctor or a Christian counselor? Uh, I think that's for each person to make their own decision. When it's a, a matter of mind and, and mental health, I think it needs to be somebody who is excellent in their skill set and trained and qualified. Um, and if, if they are a believer, then that's the whole package that you go for. Um, and, and get the help. Yeah, I'm a firm believer Mm-hmm. Yes, Christian counseling for sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I would see a counselor for anxiety that wasn't a Christian. That's just me. Um, yeah. But a medical doctor, I, I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah. this guy was, but he sure saved my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you do, you do. You just have to start with the, the soonest step to get help is to make a phone call and go. And if if finances, I've heard people say this and that well, I don't have the finances to go get the help I need. And I say, well, ask the Lord to provide those finances and and see what happens mm-hmm. and ask people to help you in that situation to cover a bill and you'll pay them back mm-hmm. or ask a, the counseling office that you go to, do you have a sliding scale if they don't take insurance and or if you don't have insurance? So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been a person that I'm like, you give me an obstacle, I'm going to fight through it. And so it doesn't even like dawn on me to, to just take a no. I never do. Um, but it is overwhelming. Like when Leah, um, really had her meltdown, I'm going to have her on at some point to kind of talk about it all. But when she had her crisis uh, during her freshman year in college, uh, anxiety wasn't the outward manifestation of what was happening for her. It was manifesting in, in other issues. And what it took really was, a lot of talking with her, getting her to a, a medical doctor uh, for making sure her, her body was okay, getting her into counseling, and then getting to the root of the issue, which was anxiety, feeling out of control, and not knowing mm-hmm. how to physically uh, navigate that anxiety. And I did all sorts of research. That's how I, I heard about what's it called? EDMR. Is that how I get it right? EMDR, um, EMDR, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I read about that. That's why I'm familiar with it. I also read that uh, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, is one of the best treatments, yeah. uh, which is basically talking um, <laughs> and and strategizing how to handle your anxiety. And I, you know, I learned that from one of my best friends, who's a therapist. And then Leah was able to see somebody over the summer who was strategic in helping her come up with her game plan, not how to get rid of her anxiety, but how she was going to manage it. Um, and yeah, and I think there was a big shift in my life. And it sounds like your Leah is there when I was able to identify it as anxiety. I don't believe it as much. Like I'll see it and I'll kind of distance myself from it and be like, this is your anxiety. You're dealing with your anxiety. Now it's not like a once and done. It's still terrifying sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But 
um, there was a big, like, that was a light bulb moment and a shift where you could say, like, no, you can't trust this. This is your thing that you have that yeah. you just do sometimes, you know, yep. and <laughs> you got to just fight it. <laughs> yep. We all do it. So I do believe in my, you know, my issues of overcoming, like, my core issue has been anger that I've had to overcome. You know, Leah's is anxiety. That's what you're talking about now. Um, the word of God is powerful for helping us get our brains around truth instead of feelings. And so I just, I love this passage that you picked out from Romans 8. And I just want to kind of unpack it together. So what I'll do is I'll read it all and then we'll go back and, and, and pick it apart piece by piece. And you can tell us how this passage made a difference in your journey. How's that sound? Sure. Okay. Yes. So I'm picking up at verse 31 in chapter 8 of Romans. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite of all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs> and they picked amen. up their swords and they charged, right? <laughs> what does this passage do yeah, to it you? Is, it is right. I mean, every time I hear it, it you can't help but just be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember being it the first time this verse became something to me, um, verse 32. He who spared not his own son, but deliver him up for us all. How will he also not with him graciously give us all things? Um, mm. When I was in college, I took a class on C.S. Lewis, and I will never forget where I was sitting, the weather outside, the professor's face, and he talked about losing a child. And um, I think he was drawing the comparison of C.S. Lewis, who is an author who lost his wife and the depth of grief that he went through. But he quoted this this verse that it, it carried him through. Um, and, uh, you know, so much of what I have dealt with with anxiety, when you get past all of the layers and past all of the, you know, oh, it might be a mole that's turning into a cancer and what if this and what if that and da-da-da-da, get through all of those, those that's junk. At the very bottom of it is um, just a terror that that's something is something bad is going to happen and that mm -hmm. I can't trust God. Mm. And so 
I love this verse because it points to the cross. It points to what happened. He who spared his own son, he already gave up everything. Mm-hmm. What in the world are we worried about? Like he did the, the biggest, the worst, the, you know, it's done. And so all of our fears, we have to place underneath that, you know, they're subservient to that. And it doesn't make those feelings go away because as I said to you, you know, there's so many layers to it, you know, it's spiritual and it's physiological and all those Mm -hmm. things, emotional. Um, But I have just found myself, um, it's like you have no other choice. And another scripture that I mentioned to you was in John where Jesus gives a really hard saying, you know, mm-hmm. he's talking about him dying, everyone dying. And um, Jesus is, you know, it says the disciples, some of them left him at that point because it was such a hard a hard thing to hear. And Jesus says, are you going to leave too? And the disciples say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And it's kind of, they tie in together because I just have found myself thinking that so many times, like, yeah, maybe something horrible is going to happen, but where else can I go? Lord, Mm. where else can I go? You're the one who died. You're the one who was raised. You're the one who loves me more than anything else. What other option do I have? Like, yes, something horrible may happen, but what are my choices? You know, mm-hmm. where else can I go? I can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. <laughs> it's so good. Well, and in life coaching, when we're trying to like move out of a stuck place, the one of the questions that we can ask is called the great what if question. And so what if this happened? And you kind of mm-hmm. imagine it to the worst scenario. And the, the end goal as a believer is to get to the place of saying, and if I do die, I'm with Jesus, right? Like, and right. if, if, I am sick. God is faithful to provide. And, you know, you get to that place in your brain where it's, but who is God as opposed to right. who, you can't, who are you we? You can't get past it. For me, exactly. And every single, you know, as over the years, that was the big, you know, engagement, broken engagement was like 10 years ago. And every year or two since then there's some crisis I think I have cancer I'm worried about my mm-hmm. child I'm mm-hmm. worried about my marriage I'm something something you know it has my mom will always remind me like it just changes names you get rid of yeah. this when you're gonna have something else yes and um each one ends with basically I I have to get on my knees and say okay fine God fine mm. okay this can happen you yeah. know it's like that surrender moment of like I give up. I I know that I can't change this anyway, even if I wanted to. And so fine, whatever you say. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. I've talked about my mother-in-law before teaching me about the sovereignty of God and her hands always going up in the air and her just saying, you just have to release it, Lisa. You just have to release it. It's, It's his. It's not yours to hold on to. And I, I see this part in the passage where it says, um, does he mean, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And I, I feel like that's the part of the list, maybe not the whole list of the things that make us anxious and worried and afraid. And I, I have this like visual in my head. It's like we're trying to hold all of those things in our own strength. And it feels like too mm-hmm. much. And so there's this desperate. It is too much. It's too much. It's this desperate. 
but God, tell me this won't happen. Tell me this won't happen. Tell me this won't happen. And then I'll be okay. He won't. won't. (laughs) Right. Right. Because he's not telling us here, this is going to happen and you have to handle it on your own. He's saying, I am with you in this. Give this to me. I will handle this for you. I am your savior. I am the one that rescues you from the the pit. I'm the one that will walk with you through the valley of death. Like these are my things in this world that I am with you in. And yet I really do think that we were deceived by verse what 35 calls out. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I, I think. Yes. And what's. I'm sorry. No, you go. Go, go. I, I think what what's so interesting is that in my actual life that God has actually handed to me, I have handled, we have handled, me and God together, everything swimmingly. Mm. I mean, I have been through things that have been hard, but the actual things we have walked through, the tribulations and distress and the, the things that in our day-to-day life – it's been fine. It's been more than fine. Mm-hmm. Each one he carried me through. And, you know, you hear people tell those stories and it's been true for me that like God carried us through it. Like, yes, it was horrible, but God was with us. He carried us through it. Mm-hmm. And anxiety is such a deceiver because it says, yeah, but this one, if this ever happened, it, yes. you just couldn't make it. He wouldn't be there. You know, it's, it's just lies. And so instead of like that, you know, here I raise my Ebenezer, like looking back at the stones that you've laid down during the hard times. Um, when we look back at what has actually happened, we're reminded that the Lord was there and everything that was hard that we walked through was more than, more than covered. Mm -hmm. You know, we were fine. (laughs) And people have said that to me too. Um, like, my husband will say, you know, the weird thing is like, you're actually really good in these times, <laughs> but, but I think that I'm not going to, it's just the, the thought of it that I, I can't do, I guess. <laughs> no, I know. And, and who knows like the causes, right? Like uh, we can say there's a personality type that's just going to have propensity to want the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. And so then you start fussing and fretting already. It could be the experiences that we went through in our childhood that, left a trigger mark and until that's identified it continues to trigger us and you know I think mm-hmm. I think one really sobering lesson I've learned through walking through this journey with my daughter is that um, it's not necessarily my fault uh, and I, I mm-hmm. think um, and it's not it's not necessarily your fault like right like it isn't that we create anxiety <laughs> Which is, I think, sometimes what it mm-hmm. feels like. Like, I've brought this on myself, or I'm the problem here, uh, or I wasn't able to fix that problem. I think the thing that I've come to is, well, you know what? Maybe it is, even if it is. Even if the worst mess I could dream up or create, he's still bigger than that. Yes. You know? But yes. um, but I've thought that too. Like, And the other verse that's come to mind is, um, in John, when somebody, I can't remember if he was paralyzed or crippled or something, but they, yes. the Pharisees or the disciples, one or the other say to Jesus, who sinned this man? Or, no, he's blind. Who sinned this man or his parents? And Jesus says, neither. Right. This happened so that my glory could be revealed. Yes. Yes. And I think about that too. Like, you know, the Lord just, these things happen and, and he will be great through them. Right. Right. I think that's, brilliant that you said that because, uh, 
it is Jesus. In the end, are we going to give glory to God for healing or are we going to take it on ourselves? Are we going to uh, trust God more when we don't understand what he's doing or are we going to trust him less? And when it comes to the struggles that we face in our, our life, it's, it's hard to package them in a box and have all the answers. We sometimes just don't and won't. And so it brings us back to this passage again of will we walk, um, where did it say, it, victoriously? Uh, no, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And so how, mm -hmm. how do we do that? Like, how do we live with overwhelming victory? It means that we've endured. Uh, you can't have a victory if you didn't mm -hmm. go to a fight. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, like, mm -hmm. before a game, like, my daughter's uh, so into football. And the, the Steelers, she's a Steelers fan. My whole family's a Steelers fan. I forget who they played the other oh, night. Oh, no. Boo. I know, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And we live, like, in Eagles region, so it's terrible. But there was this big football well, game. Well, the two, you made a better choice. I know. <laughs> I'll tell her you said that. <laughs> so I think they played, they played the Browns the other night. I, I think that's who it was. And the Browns, Leah said, was, like, the worst-seeded team in the division. And Steelers should have won hands down. And it was um, – they were tied at, at the last, you know, second on the clock. So they went into overtime. And Leah said she had every emotion under the sun. She was screaming. She was crying. She was yelling. She goes, no, I know, Mom. I get too into this. But that is the heart and the, the life of, of our faith, I think, where we, we start at a point and we, we see that there's a game ahead of us. If we don't enter into that game, we're not going to experience the joys. But we also have to understand that there's going to also come with the sorrows, Right. Like it's it's when we're disengaged and uninvolved that it, it is the problem. And so I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I'm just kind of seeing this like it's an overwhelming victory when we fought hard and won. Mm -hmm. And 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 that winning is not our doing. It's Christ doing in us because he loves us. Mm hmm. Well, it's an uncomfortable spot to be in when you feel weak, and I feel it when I'm anxious, but yeah. I know everybody has a different name, um, but I, ha I have taken a lot of comfort in remembering in, I think, I don't know, one of the Corinthians, when I am weak, then I am strong, Yes. and I'll say that to me myself over and over, like, in this moment, this is, I am strong now, because all I ever have is Christ. Yeah. And when he can get that glory and I, I really am just pushed to the point of saying like, God, you've got to help me. And there's been moments where, you know, not in recent years, but it'll happen again where I get up and kneel by my head, my bed and say, God, if you don't show up today, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that has come to life of I am weak and he is strong and he is mighty. And mm -hmm. so in those moments when you feel like, I just can't, I can't fight. I have nothing to give. I don't even know what to do. I take great comfort in remembering that he is strong. Yeah. Those moments are exactly the best time 
that's it's the reversal the great reversal those yeah. moments are when we are actually the most in touch with reality because hello even when i'm feeling on top of things i'm not going to control the world <laughs> i'm just mm. not i'm really just still miserable and weak <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just an illusion that like well i'm feeling good today i've got everything under control no you don't <laughs> that is the the master of the universe the architect the beginner and end of life our our life are are in his his hands, our moments, he holds them. It, it's just, you know, we either see it or we don't, you know? Right. So that's why, again, back what I said in the beginning, those times have been a tremendous gift to me because I feel like then you're really seeing life as it really is that I'm not in control and I'm weak and I just need my heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And he is so faithful. Mm -hmm. So faithful, which you know, we've got to wrap up this conversation because you and I probably can talk for hours here, but it, yes. it brings <laughs> me back to this point. You just quoted a ton of scripture. You, you pointed out the character of God. And I would imagine Jessica, that you only know that character because of your time that has been in the word year upon year upon year upon year upon year that it's just been building this kind of truth warehouse in your life would you say that yeah that's a good word picture yeah. yes and i would say two things to that i mean i feel really blessed because my parents from a very early age um, we were in christian schools and we were in a church that was really liturgical and would repeat creeds and scripture over and over and over, I would say too much over and over when I was little, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have said. Um, but I've thought about that so much now as an adult, because I, I feel like I'm in a season where I don't have a lot of time or don't make the time, whatever, to really be digging in scripture. But I had so many years where I did. And um, I have remembered that point number one is just, I guess, to the the people who are listening, Lisa, that, that have little kids. Um I remind myself of that a lot in the day when I don't feel like saying the Lord's Prayer or I don't feel like going over memory verses or I don't feel like going to church. I remember that I am reaping as an adult my parents' faithful decisions mm. of saying those verses over and over and bringing me to church. And by the way, scrimping to send me to a Christian school. And I'm not saying it has to be that. It can be Sunday school. It can be Awana. It can be, you know, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But them making sacrifices day mm -hmm. in small and little and big to have me in the word and also going to a Christian college. Um, you know, I, but, but there's equivalence. I mean, there's some amazing campus ministries that have you in the word, but I, I, you know, I was a theology minor. And so I, I feel so blessed that all of that was poured into me and now I have it. And, um, mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of it too was reading through the Bible. I would, when I was in high school, I did like the read through the Bible in a year mm -hmm. and there's a fantastic Bible. I am not as good as it today. Like I'll pick it up and probably it's on like August 11th or something horrible, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I just pick it up and read the next day. And so for people who maybe didn't have that experience growing mm -hmm. up, um, I think that though that time was time well spent to mm -hmm. in the morning, I just did it. You know, when I was in high school, I would read for that day. You read mm -hmm. an old Testament, a new Testament, a Psalm, a proverb, and you do that two years and you've read the scripture for two years. You're right. You're exactly right. That's going to get in your heart and in your mind and come back when you need it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of 
God's equipping of us and healing of us. I think at the same time, you know, I did not grow up in a Christian home. And so I really started reading the Bible when my kids were babies. And, and so I only have 19 well, then years. You've done it. You've done a lot of catch up. <laughs> I did. I, you know, I have. And, and yet, you know, I've been a Christian for 25 years, but I didn't read my Bible for the first 10. I mean, I really, I didn't know how to, I mean, that's why with more to be, I offer the raw scripture study because I find that there are too many women that they just don't even know where to go. And so I'm like, well, let me just make it easy for you here. Here's our four to eight verses a month. <laughs> then let's spend a couple days in those chapters, uh, and, and make it doable without it being a checklist, but getting in and over the long haul, like we all have to become these long distance runners, uh, and stop looking for the sprint, um, for the, for the results, because, we don't, we don't know now where we stand today, how God is going to go back and use what was put into our heart and mind through his word at, at a later point when we drag ourselves out of bed in the morning and think, I can't even do this, Lord. I cannot do this today. And the Lord says, yes, you can. I am with you. As far, you know, whatever, whatever verses may, may come to mind. I mean, I have... I could go on and on, but I'll stop there. <laughs> so, yes, we could. We need a part two. <laughs> we do need a part two. We do need a part two. This has been such a blessing, Jessica, to have you with us. So would you please tell our listeners where they can find you and, and what they'll expect when they end up at your site too? Yeah. Um, so my blog is smartereachday.com and two T's in smarter because my last name has two T's. I'm on Instagram at Jessica smart with two T's. And right now, Lisa, I'm giving away, um, my ebook that I wrote a couple years ago called how to introduce your child to Jesus. Perfect. And, um, <laughs> you can find that. Yeah. Um, I'll send you the link so you can put it in the show notes, but you can also find it by going to my website, smartereachday.com backslash freebie and it's there they can enter and um I love that little resource I I wrote it when I had really little ones um mm. but I still find myself thinking about a lot of it so that's good. yeah that's where I am yeah and that totally ties into what we were just talking about what what your parents gave you what exactly. I, as a new generation of believers what I've tried to give my kids and we're all we're all work in progress so wherever our listeners are today today's the day um, so Jess, would you be willing to pray for our listeners as we close out today? Yes, thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this space and time that you said when two or more are gathered together in your name that you are there, and I thank you that you are here. And I pray for that listener right now, that man or woman who is um, maybe wiping away tears at points in this because they realize that they have been fighting you, that they are worried carrying burdens that they're not meant to carry and lord i pray that you would show up right now um wherever wherever that is um that you would meet them that your holy spirit would wrap would wrap himself around them and hold them and lord i pray for your truth to pierce the darkness and i pray that you would give specific steps to these people who are um maybe wanting some help or direction with with dealing with the burdens that they're dealing lord i pray that you would um lay on their hearts maybe if uh someone needs to see a doctor or um see a counselor or talk to a friend or reach out lord 
would you please um, direct those steps? Thank you for your care for us. Thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross in your name. Amen. So thank you everyone for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More to Be tribe member. You'll get an access to you'll get access to a library of life application studies and worksheets, audio recordings and video teachings with exclusive resources added each month. To learn more, visit moretobe.com/podcast for a special link just for you. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.